Hey, we are uh, in a series of messages together in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. The redemption story, God's redemption story. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn to me, if you would, to Ruth chapter 3. You remember Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, have been in Moab along with their family. Ruth, Naomi, and, uh, their, and uh, their other sister-in-law, uh, Orpah, their husbands have all died in Moab. They're now coming back. Ruth and Naomi are now coming back to Bethlehem. And we've been following that story. And today we pick up the narrative as Ruth is going to be offering herself to this kinsman redeemer, this family relative who can buy them back from their poverty and from their alienation. He can bring them back, give them an inheritance and a future. And so Ruth is going to offer herself in a proposal at the threshing floor where he's winnowing out his barley and the wheat. And this is what the writer puts in Ruth chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you'll be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He'll tell you what to do. I'll do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I'm your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I'll do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who's more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. And then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. God, these details are amazing. This is not just some story. This is history. These people and these events took place under the guiding providential sovereign hand of yours. All of these things 
leading up to their fulfillment in the person of our kinsman redeemer, Jesus himself. So Lord, help us today to learn about the importance of this proposal at the threshing floor and all about faith in the person and work of our Redeemer. And we'll thank you, God, in your precious name. Amen. What do uh, Princess Diana, Winston Churchill, and George W. Bush all have in common? They are all able to trace their ancestry to distant relatives in the 15th century from a country squire by the name of Henry, Henry Spencer of Badby, Northamptonshire, England. Badby lived between 1420 1478 and was married to Isabella Lincoln. So George Bush, Princess Diana, and Winston Churchill all descended from British royalty going as far back as the 12th century to King Henry I, the son of William the Conqueror. You know, when I was reading that thing, I thought, you know, it's been said you can choose your friends, but not your family. But that's not entirely true. Because every time a person steps out to join themselves to someone in a marriage, you are, whether you know it or not, joining yourself to a very new family. And you have oftentimes no idea how extensive that family can be. When you think of how life-altering such a choice can be, you come to realize that every proposal of marriage is in actuality a huge step of faith. That's what, that's what Ruth and Naomi demonstrated when Ruth approached Boaz in this proposal at the threshing floor. The book of Ruth records God's demonstration in history of his providence, his sovereignty, his hesed love, his steadfast love, and his redemption all leading to their fulfillment, ultimately, in the person of Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer. God is working in everyday circumstances. He worked in Boaz and Ruth and Naomi, the death of their husbands, bringing them back at the beginning of the barley harvest. All the things we worked in and looked on that were details that could not have happened by accident. They were sovereignly controlled by God to bring about his purpose. The very thing that God is still doing today in and through us. He is working in all of our circumstances to bring about his eternal purposes. There are no circumstances that are not under his control. There are no mistakes. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 1 verse 9, he, God, made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Look at this. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. God works out everything to fit into his eternal purpose. Everything. So when we trust God to be God and put our faith in him and his word and we put our faith in his works, it pleases God and it demonstrates that we are really seeking him. This is why Ruth and Naomi, when they returned to Bethlehem, they had faith in God. That's it. Remember, they had gone to Moab with their 
and got married there and their husbands during the famine, but their husbands all died. Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, went back to Moab, but Ruth and Naomi came back to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Back to Elimelech, Naomi's husband's homeland. They had a relative there named Boaz. They didn't know it at the time when Ruth went to work in his field. But Boaz was the relative who treated them with kindness and respect, proved to be an honorable man, and a close relative who could choose to be their kinsman redeemer, to buy him back from this difficult situation and to give them a future and an inheritance. Naomi knew as a kinsman redeemer that Boaz was a man who could choose to marry Ruth, the widow, produce an heir for her and her dead husband, Elimelech, and provide a family and a future for her and Ruth. Boaz could do all that as the kinsman redeemer. So Naomi encouraged Ruth to take a bold step to offer herself to Boaz to be his wife and ask him to redeem them as his own. But this would not be a blind leap of faith. This was a choice based on a firm belief in the sovereignty and goodness of Yahweh the Lord, in the character and kindness of Boaz, and the faith that all the events that had brought them together thus far were no mistake and no coincidence, that God was at work, the God of Israel, under whose wings they had come to take refuge, would now not let them down. The proposal at the threshing floor is a beautiful picture of what it means to put our faith in our Redeemer. How did they demonstrate that faith? They put their faith in the person of their Redeemer and in the work of their Redeemer. Redemption comes by putting our faith in the person of our Redeemer. In chapter 3, it says this in verse 1. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you'll be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I'll do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was good spirits, not drunk, he was just happy. He was in a very good spirit. He went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Faith in a person. When uh, Carla and I had little kids, we wanted to teach them to swim so that they could be water safe and enjoy water sports. Uh, when I was younger, for a couple of summers or so, I was a lifeguard, and I used to teach swimming. So I used some of those same principles with our kids. I took them down to a community pool. We first taught them to put their face in the water so they could realize they don't have to be afraid of it. And then we taught them how to float so they could realize, you know, if they even they go under, they can come back to the surface. Well, it always comes down eventually. they got to learn to jump off the side of the pool into the water and come back up themselves. So it was time. So we're standing down there going, jump, and they wouldn't do it. Man, when you're little in that pool like that, it's scary looking. 
So Carla and I do like probably what many of you have done. We got down in the water, held our hands up and said, jump, mom and dad will catch you. You're going to go under and we'll pull you right back up. And as soon as they knew they were going to be okay, what? They jumped. And they loved it. So they wanted to do it again. And then they wanted to do it again and again and again. And you, you get how that works. But why did they jump? Because they, they believed us. They trusted us. They knew that if they jumped off that side, we'd do the right thing and we would not let any harm come to them. We told them, we'll lift you right back up. And we did. Faith in us. See, that's what gave Ruth and Naomi the confidence to do what they did. They took a bold step of going to the threshing floor because they had faith in their Redeemer. They believed that Boaz would do the right thing and let no harm come to them and that he would redeem them. You remember in chapter 3, there in the beginning, Ruth or Naomi says to Ruth, I've got to find you a home. I've got to find you a home. A place of rest is the word. A place of salvation, a place of protection, a place of provision is the idea. Naomi believed Yahweh had led Ruth to the fields to their close relative Boaz, and his kindness toward them was a display of Yahweh's kindness, his Hesed love. And she sensed that Boaz cared for them, and especially for Ruth. But the question was, would he fulfill his role as a kinsman redeemer? Would he buy them back from their deplorable condition? Because women like Ruth and Naomi had one of three choices. They could beg, they could sell themselves into slavery, or they could put their hope in the kinsman redeemer. Naomi believed that Boaz would do the right thing, so she told Ruth to prepare herself for the proposal at the threshing floor. Verse 3, wash, put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes, go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he finishes eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying, go uncover his feet, lie down, he'll tell you what to do. Prepare yourself like a bride for her husband. When he's asleep, uncover his feet, lie down next to his feet, and, and let that act indicate a willingness to become his betrothed, that you are offering yourself to him. Very similar to the way God describes his love and the way he offers himself to Jerusalem. Spread your garment over me. Ezekiel 16, verse 8. God said, later I passed by when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love. I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the sovereign Lord, and you became mine. One of the ways that a woman could offer herself to a man then was to lay at his feet and ask to be covered with his garment. That I'm offering myself to you as your wife. So Naomi tells Ruth to do the same in offering herself to their redeemer, Boaz. And Ruth says in verse 5, I'll do whatever you say. So she went down to the threshing floor, did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. Verse 7, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly and covered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned and there was a woman laying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I'm your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me. 
since you're a guardian redeemer of our family. In the middle of the night, it's pitch dark. Boaz is startled to discover a woman lying at his feet. He's an honorable man, so he wonders, who is this girl and what is she doing here? So he says to her, who are you? And Ruth says, I'm your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me. You're our kinsman redeemer, our guardian redeemer. Take me as your own. Bring us into your family. Boaz had already told Ruth that she had come for refuge under the wings of Yahweh who accepted her and loved her. Now Ruth is asking Boaz, spread your wings, your garment over us and sign a sign that you accept us as your own, that you will redeem us. You know, in the workbook this week on page 68, it reminds us that there were so many risks to her reputation and personal safety and she had no guarantee that Boaz would not turn her away in disgust at her boldness, nor that he would not take advantage of her vulnerability. It went on to say, Naomi seems to care for Ruth like a mother, and she also seems to be a God-fearing woman. So why does she instruct Ruth to make such a dangerous gesture? The key to understanding Naomi and Ruth in this passage is found in the previous chapter, in which Naomi realizes that Ruth found Boaz's field by God's providence and exclaims that Yahweh's kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi connects the fact that Ruth happened upon Boaz's field, that she found favor in his eyes, that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. She understands that God is at work in these things, and she decides to act accordingly and with confidence of success. Ruth follows suit, willingly placing herself at the mercy of Boaz because she trusts her mother-in-law and demonstrates incredible faith that God has chosen Boaz for her refuge. Ruth displays amazing faith in her mother-in-law, Naomi, and also in Boaz, but mostly in this Yahweh, this God of Israel, to whom she has come to know and to trust and seen his hand at work in all of her circumstances. People, you and I are saved by that same kind of faith in the person of our kinsman redeemer, Jesus, who is made like us in human flesh, our close relative, who could serve as our redeemer to go to a cross and die for our sins and buy us back from what sin had done. That's why Paul said in Romans 3, verse 22, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Religion can't do this for you. It's faith in the person of Jesus and who he is and what he's done. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, Paul said, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. He's the only way. Just as Ruth called on Boaz by faith to spread his redemption over her, so we by faith call on Jesus to spread his redemption over us. That's why Paul said in Romans 10 and verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Yahweh in human flesh. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Naomi believed that about Yahweh. Naomi believed that about Boaz. You put your trust in them as your redeemer, you will not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Naomi and Ruth could put their faith and trust in their redeemer, Boaz, because they knew that God was working. How is it that you and I or anyone could not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ because they know that Yahweh is working? After all that he's done, we can trust him. But there are still people who won't come to him. This is why Jesus wept over Jerusalem, you remember? How God had said in that passage I read in Ezekiel that he wanted to spread his love and his garment over Jerusalem and the people there and gather them to himself. But you remember when Yahweh came to Jerusalem in the person of Jesus? The people wouldn't come to him. They didn't recognize him. Matthew 23, verse 37, Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a, hung, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you weren't willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Ruth recognized Yahweh's work. She saw the opportunity to come under the wings of her Redeemer, and by faith she came. Naomi had told Ruth, I need to find you a house, a place of rest. So go to Boaz. I have faith that he will redeem you. So Ruth obeyed Naomi and by faith offered herself to Boaz as her kinsman redeemer and found in him her home of rest. By faith we obey God when we listen to his word that identifies Christ as our redeemer. And we come to God by this faith and offer ourselves to Jesus our kinsman redeemer. And in him we find rest for our souls. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Hebrews 4, verse 1, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. People, you're hearing the gospel today that all of us are lost in sin. And we have one hope. It's the person of our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ who became like one of us, God in human flesh, to go to a cross and die for our sins there, to be buried and to rise again. You cannot get this redemption through your good works, through religion, or going to church, or reading the Bible, or getting baptized, or any other means. You come to God, you come to this Redeemer, in the faith in the person of Jesus Christ and him alone. And he can save you. 
He can save you. Like Boaz, Jesus is our close relative, our kinsman redeemer. God is sovereignly working through the sacrifice of Christ to redeem people for himself. God is doing this, just as he did for Ruth and Naomi. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, it is because of him, Yahweh, Christ, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and our redemption. Faith in the person of our Redeemer. But not only faith in the person of our Redeemer, but redemption comes by putting our faith in the work of our Redeemer. In chapter 3, verse 10, Boaz responds, The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you're a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who's more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. And so Ruth does that. Redemption comes by putting our faith in the work of the Redeemer. And when Ruth goes back to tell Naomi what happens, Naomi tells her in verse 18, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Trusting the work of others. I have had three surgeries in my life where I had to be put out, be put under. Uh, my tonsils out when I was six. Uh, my four wisdom teeth taken out when I was in my 20s. Uh, my appendix was taken out. You see the pattern? They keep going. I've got no parts left pretty soon. But anyway, <laughs> recently my appendix taken out. Now, one thing you learn uh, when you need a surgeon, uh, you realize you are powerless to save yourself. You can't do it. You need help. You can go to the hospital. You can sign the consent forms. You can let them know you want the help, but... You are powerless to remove your own appendix. You have to put your faith and trust in the work of a surgeon and the nurses and the others in the operating room who know what they're doing, that they're going to take that thing out and save your life. You have to trust them. That's what Ruth and Naomi had to do. In order to be redeemed, they knew they couldn't save themselves. They couldn't save their, save their family name. They couldn't create an inheritance on their own. So they had to trust the work of their Redeemer to save them from the miserable situation they were in. They had to put their faith in the work of their Redeemer. This is why Naomi told Ruth in chapter 3, verse 3, I want you to get washed, put on perfume, get dressed, best clothes, go down to the threshing floor. Don't let him know you're there. Watch where he goes to sleep. Lift up the garment, slide in by his feet, put it down, and when he wakes up, he'll tell you what to do. Naomi knew she and Ruth could not redeem themselves, but Boaz could. So she took a bold step of faith, trusting in the work of their Redeemer. As I mentioned before, this was a huge risk. What if her boldness were perceived by Boaz and others as an immoral sexual advance? Women were not to come to the threshing floor at night. 
generally the only reason a woman was slipping on the threshing floor at night where the workers were was hanky-panky going on. What if Boaz had no interest in redeeming her and giving up part of his property inheritance to a child that would be born out of that union who would not be his heir, it would be Naomi and Ruth's husband's heir, and the property would go back to them. But Boaz was a man of standing, respected, honorable. And Boaz told Ruth in verse 11, the whole town knows you're a woman of noble character. It's the word virtuous, same word used of the woman of Proverbs 31. So here's two very reputable people. This was not some sordid sexual advance between two impetuous, immoral people. This was a proposal, a bold one, an honorable woman presenting herself in an honorable proposal of marriage to a man of noble character whom she and Naomi trusted to do the right and honorable thing before God and redeem them. And when Ruth identifies herself as the woman at his feet, and asked Boaz to spread his garment over her as an indication that he is willing to take her to be his own, Boaz sees this as Yahweh's doing. And he responds in verse 10, the Lord, Yahweh, bless you for this. God has done this. This kindness is from God. You're running after the younger, better-looking men. I don't know how old Boaz was here. I don't know what he looked like. He's apparently older than Ruth, and he's not married. Maybe he's not the best-looking guy on the field. But Ruth comes to him, and he recognizes, Yahweh has done this. You're not running after something for your own desire. You're not chasing these good-looking guys out working in the field. You're coming to me for an honorable proposal. Yahweh is doing this. And he recognized that. So stay here. Don't let anyone know you come to the threshing floor. Heaven knows what the town gossips are going to do if they find out you came down here. But Boaz is a man who knows the law. And he follows the law. And he seeks to fulfill the law. So he tells Ruth in verse 12, Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there's another who's more closely related than I. Stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning but got up before anyone could be recognized, and he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. Ruth, there's a relative of yours that is closer, and by law, he must be given the opportunity to redeem you. So I'm going to go see if he'll do it. And if he does, good. Then you will be cared for. But if he doesn't, I swear as surely as the Lord lives, the strongest commitment and pledge that a man in Israel could make, I swear to you as surely as Yahweh is alive that if he doesn't do it, I will. 
as a pledge of his honorable intent and goodwill, he asks for a Ruth shawl and pours in six measures of barley to be taken to Naomi as a sign of his commitment. Ruth throws that on her back like a bundle and carries it home. Ruth and Naomi are powerless from this point on. They must put their faith in the work of their Redeemer. It tells us in verse 16, when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. How did it go, my daughter? It's a wonderful translation of that Hebrew phrase. But there's a lot more behind that phrase than we would normally pick up in the English. And it sounds something like this. How did it go, my daughter? In other words, who are you now, my daughter? Are you still Malon's widow? Or are you coming back as Boaz's wife? How'd the proposal go? So Ruth tells Naomi exactly what happened. And Naomi responds in verse 18. Wait. Wait, my daughter until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. The Redeemer will do his work. Yahweh will do his work. He will not rest until this redemption is complete. So wait. Sit tight. Put your faith in the work of the Redeemer. You wait. He'll be back today. He's not going to rest until this is done. People, this is exactly what you and I are called to do. To put our faith in the work of the Redeemer Jesus and to wait until he brings to himself all that he has paid for, all that his blood has purchased, completing the redemption that he has promised. That's why Paul said in Titus 2 verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. Ruth, you just wait. You just wait. He's doing the work of redemption, and he will not rest until it's done. He will come back, and we will be redeemed. Faith in the work of the Redeemer. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's taken us to be his own and has given us his Holy Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Do you remember when Paul said in Ephesians 1, verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. 
Boaz said, as surely as the Lord lives, Ruth, I'm going to carry this through. You're going to be redeemed today by someone. Give me that shawl. I'm giving you these six measures of barley, and this is the sign of my commitment to you. Take this back to Naomi. She'll understand. This is the sign that I'm going to bring this redemption to completion, and I won't rest till it's done. What did Jesus give us who have trusted in him as our redeemer? As a sign that our inheritance is secure and that as surely as the Lord lives, he's going to bring to completion the redemption of all who have put their trust in him. He's given us the Holy Spirit, Paul said. The Holy Spirit who has come to live in you is the evidence. It's the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the completion of the redemption. And Jesus will not rest until all that he has paid for have come to him and he has redeemed them. How is Jesus redeeming people today through the message of the gospel? Through you and me. If you're a Christian, Christ is alive in you. And through you, he continues to bring the message of hope, the message of salvation, his death, burial, and resurrection. That people who put their faith and trust in this Jesus and his work on the cross, his burial and resurrection, just as you have, are part of those who will be the redeemed that Jesus will not rest until that redemption is complete. And you and I are part of that. You and I are part of it. That's why we put our hope and our faith in the person of Jesus and in the work of Jesus. You know, someone asked me the other day, Larry, would you ever consider parachuting out of a plane? I said, well, that depends. Who are you and why are you asking me that? Uh, Probably not. I don't have a real desire for it. I don't know if I'm chicken or just smart. But here's the deal. I read about a guy who jumps out of planes with no parachute. I don't know if you read about this guy, Luke Akins. Uh, he jumped out of an airplane at 25,000 feet. No parachute, no wingsuit, no nothing. Just a shirt on his back and whatever else he was wearing. He landed neatly in a 100 by 100 foot square net, sat up on the ground to catch him. He landed at a terminal velocity of 120 miles an hour in this net from 25,000 feet. The article said, utterly crazy and even stupid, right? (laughs) The guy has a wife and four-year-old son. But there's another angle to this story. Aikens was clear that this stunt involved a ridiculous amount of training. For starters, the 42-year-old has over 18,000 jumps to his name. Then, according to CNN, he prepared for the stunt by doing dozens of jumps, each naturally wearing a parachute, but aiming at a 10-by-10-foot square, opening his chute at the last possible moment. In his practice jumps, he'd pull the cord at 1,000 feet. You know how fast you hit the ground from 1,000 feet? He had to get a special dispensation to get approval for doing that. He said in the run-up to the jump that he had consistently been hitting a much smaller target, 10 by 10, which gave him greater confidence that he could hit without a parachute a target of 100 by 100.
from 25,000 feet, 100 by 100, looks smaller than a postage stamp. Aiken said, whenever people attempt to push the limits of what's considered humanly possible, they're invariably described as crazy. I'm here to show you that if we approach it the right way and we test it and we prove that it's good to go, we can do things that we don't think are possible. You know what? People who saw Naomi sending Ruth to the threshing floor that night in their culture realizing what could have happened with that would have said, you guys are crazy. But it's not crazy when your experience has always been that Yahweh is there for me. Yahweh brought all these things together. Yahweh's been working in all these circumstances. Yahweh brought us back from Moab. Yahweh brought us to Bethlehem. Yahweh brought us to the right field at the right time. Yahweh brought us to Boaz, who could be our kinsman redeemer. Boaz is the one who fulfilled the law just as Jesus fulfills the law. Yahweh did all of this. And if he's done all of that, then he will do this. So we're going to put our faith in this Yahweh. We're going to put our faith in this Boaz. We're going to put our faith in the person of our Redeemer and the work of our Redeemer. And people, when you do that, it's no blind leap of faith because you're then putting your life and your future in the hands of the God who has always kept every promise he has made. You can trust this God. But you have to come to him. And you have to come by faith. Faith in his person. That he alone is the redeemer. And faith in his work. That his death, burial, and resurrection are sufficient payment for your sin. And when you trust this Jesus, as Ruth and Naomi trusted Boaz and Yahweh, you will discover that what the Bible says is true. Those who trust in the Lord will never be disappointed. God, thank you for the reminder today. Thank you today, God, that you are our kinsman redeemer who has worked in every circumstance and all throughout history to bring about this great truth that Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, living a sinless life, would die on a cross, pay for our sins, be buried in a tomb, and rise again the third day offering hope and forgiveness and eternal life, buying us back from what sin and death has done and giving us a hope and a future, part of God's family, redeeming us and giving us a new home, a new life forever with you. Thank you for the story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz because, God, your hand is in it all. And what you did for them led to ultimately the fulfillment in Jesus our Savior, the great kinsman redeemer. For through this union with Boaz and Ruth would come Obed, would come Jesse, would come David, and a line of kings leading all the way to King Jesus, our great guardian redeemer. So Lord, we thank you that by faith we can still come. And when we put our trust in you and in your work, you are still redeeming people for yourself and you will not rest until that redeeming work is done. And we wait for the great and glorious day of your coming. And we thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen.